It's, it's a delightfully beautiful mug. It is a nice mug. I don't know if you can read that, dear listener, but that says, it says, Bomb Jesus. I got this in Portugal uh, at the church of the same name. All right. But the people in their, like, Portuguese accent, it came off as Bum Jesus. Aha. Uh-huh. And my friends and I thought that was very funny. Bum Jesus. They are just calling Jesus a bum. Well, yeah. And so when I saw the mug, I had to get the Bum Jesus mug. I like it. Uh, it is from Braga, Portugal. It was very, it was, it was actually a cool church. It was at the very, very top of this mountain. And you could drive up there, which we did. <laughs> There's a beautiful, like, a staircase up this mountain that you can climb to the church. Um, and it's very steep. And you did not do that. We did not climb up the staircase, but we missed. Like, Google Maps isn't great in Europe. And it's not great here anywhere. Well, fair enough. Like, <laughs> But I have more problems with it in Europe than I do in the United States. And so Google Maps was not able to take us to the right parking lot. So we actually parked higher up the hill than the church is. So walking to the church was great. Walking back to the car, uh, God, let's just say my friends just let me take my time and... We, we had a very quiet car ride down the mountain. God, uh, he was like, oh, you're not going to walk up the steps? Got a lot of up... souls out of purgatory that afternoon. I'm going I'm to give you some walking anyway. <laughs> Google Maps, do your thing. Speaking of our podcast, welcome to Ed Talks, where we hope to inspire saints who inspire saints to build the kingdom of God. Amen. I'm Father Dominic. I'm Paul Maneric. And today we're going to talk about unity. Um, I brought this, I, I think it was my to you yes you brought it to me because i have just noticed far too often not just in society but also in the church um, a lot of disunity and a lot of people arguing but allowing those arguments to divide communities i don't necessarily see that happening in a large scale here at saint edward which is great they, it does, it happens. Um, people get upset and they leave. But on a larger scale, it's just seeing it on social media and among friends and family, just too many people throwing the baby out with the bathwater. That as soon as, as soon as we find something that we disagree on, whether that's a political thing or a, just a life thing or whatever, it generally tends to be more on politics, that now I can't, I can't be your friend anymore. I can't mm. talk to you. I can't hang out with you. You, you don't. You don't uh, see that necessarily in a large scale here at Saint Edward, but yeah. people do leave occasionally. You said, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. So we don't want. I think it's important for us as disciples of Jesus to remember that we're called to be a people of unity, and that we're we're called to build bridges whenever possible and to not build any more walls. And I just think that's something worth our conversation and for those who listen to us to consider on their own. Yeah, I think, I think there's a lot of, lot to unpack, right? There's a lot to, I mean, let's go, let's go back to the beginning. For us as Christians, we believe that we are all, even those who aren't Christians, we're all created in the image and likeness of God. We're all part of a human family, right? We're all designed 
to be in relationship with each other, but most importantly, to all be in relationship with God. Um, so there is a oneness that exists within humankind. And that is, of course, why the church has been such an outspoken advocate of the sanctity of every human life yeah. from conception to natural death. Um, and we don't say like, well, only if it's within a family of a baptized uh, Christians, we are uh, for life and the respect of that life before cons- uh, before birth. Then moving beyond that, right, we as members of the body of Christ, the mystical body of Christ, his church, we are again told we are one body, right? We're called to a, to be many parts of that body, but one, connected, united. And then moving further on, you've got the early church in its most powerful decree, the Nicene Creed, we are one holy Catholic apostolic church, that oneness. So oneness from the beginning for us is central to our understanding of who we are as people, as as Christians, um, as members of, of the church. So it's something, but it's a lot. What does that mean? What does that look like? Mm-hmm. Right? Because people do disagree all the time. And it's okay. To, I mean, there, there, there is right and wrong. We, we believe in an objective truth, but that doesn't mean, and I, I think to your point of connecting this to our pro-life teachings that to, to shut someone out or to cancel them as, as our culture is, is promoting this cancel culture, that goes against someone's human dignity. I mean, to, to cancel someone because of something they've said or done is to now, in a way, say you are less worthy to be listened to because of this or many views that you hold or something that you've done, your dignity is now somehow lessened. And because of that, I'm not, I'm ignoring you. I'm, I'm unfollowing you. I'm, we're not going to come to family parties anymore if you're there. Like it's all, you're shut away completely for these, whatever the reason may be. What is, what is the loving response? Because and maybe this is something for later in our conversation, because certainly um, a spiritual work of mercy that the church has always taught is to correct people when instruct they're the right, to instruct the ignorant, right? And um, so, and that is, I think but what you're saying is that when you cut someone out, that instruction the possibility for instruction gone. is gone. The possibility for evangelizing is gone. Um, is there a time, though? Let me let me ask this. this is, um, and maybe, again, maybe this is getting ahead of ourselves because we want to kind of lay the foundation. Um, but something to think about for later in conversation. When is there a time, or is there a time, like when when someone has gone so far, you say, All right, I really... The healthy choice is to not, right? The spiritually healthy choice, the virtuous choice, is to, to, to what Christ explicitly instructs his disciples to shake the sand, the dirt from your sandals and say, "Hey, I tried," I, like, because there's there's got to be some prudence there too. Um, so that's kind of the balancing act that's that's so hard, I think, is knowing how not to sever relationships and eliminate the possibility for conversion, but also not allow for someone who is, you know, for 
for something that is hateful or, or are objectively false to continue to I think a lot tough. of it comes down to how you treat the human person, right? So mm. let's, you know, everybody's got a crazy uncle or a crazy aunt or family. <laughs> that or may several. Or, they may or may not wear a tin hat when they're at home, you know. Like, okay, so I think families for a long time, out of love, tolerated, you know, crazy Uncle Dom that would come over with his tin hat on and spew out his conspiracy theories, maybe try to talk about flat earth theory, and everyone just tolerated him. They tried not to bring up those conversations at the table, (laughs) but he would bring them up. And then people just lovingly tried to deflect, deter, but he was always invited for Thanksgiving, always invited for the holidays, and we, we tolerated him and lovingly accepted him. Sure, maybe at, in the beginning they try to engage him and try to explain yeah. the earth is a plant. <laughs> but I think now, and that's I mean, that's what our Lord calls us to do, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if he decided to not come because we're not also flat earthers, mm. then he's the one building that wall. It's not that he was I never see. uninvited to dinner, um, but then also we keep inviting him. And we're not trying to push anything down his throat. Right. But to always try to be welcoming, hospitable, and lovingly keep bringing them back. Because, again, if the day may come when he wants to actually engage in a real conversation about how the earth is not flat. <laughs> but you'll never get him there. You'll never know he is there if we just say you're no longer invited because you're a flat earther. Right. Crazy Uncle Dominic. So it seems to me like the the distinction you're drawing is – invite but just because you invite someone now would it be prudent if you invite someone to thanksgiving crazy uncle dom and you know that this flat earth uh fixation that he has is is deeply upsetting to to your kids um is it the prudential thing to say hey you're we really hope you're here but can we just not talk about the flat earth it's just not i'm not gonna i'm not gonna talk about the round earth yeah. <laughs> then you've invited, and it's up to him to say, okay, these are gra- – like it's not saying – not saying yeah. that I'm going to – like you said, I'm not going to, to get on a, a soapbox and talk about the shape of the earth as a beautiful round sphere. But I'm just saying let's just not talk about it because there are so many other things to talk about. Right. And let's just enjoy each other's company. And by forming that relationship, deepening it, then maybe there will be a time for, for you and Uncle, Uncle Dom – to grab a coffee and talk about the shape of the earth. Exactly. And you're not, yeah. And by just not inviting him, you're, you're just closing off any of those possibilities. Yeah. And I, that's, so I do think what you're, the example you've laid out, that is what we're called to do as disciples of Jesus. It's tough. I mean, it is a tough thing for people to navigate. Um, Cause let's say, let's say, let's take it to somewhere where it's not like flat earth, round earth, uh, might not work very well if you believe in a flat Earth and you're, you're taking an airplane trip. Hmm. But uh, if our if we're trying to get to heaven, there ultimately that doesn't actually matter that much. I mean, if I'm trying to get to uh, Lima, Peru, it matters. Yeah. It's not a flat Earth. Um, but what about things when there are deeply moral issues? And I mean, is it because I, I I hear what you're saying. So, but how does a family navigate that? 
like let's say for their kids at the dinner table. They don't want to hear – you don't want uh, – let's say instead of Uncle Don being a uh, flat earther, he was radically pro-euthanasia. Mm-hmm. Right? He's just like old people hit 65. They should all be dead. I'm at 64. I've got one more year left. And then next year I want you to take – and he talks about this. He's like mm-hmm. anyone over 65, like you just take them out. Um, and you don't want your kids hearing that stuff, right? Like, you know, so again, you just... I think the same principles apply. He's still invited over, but to explain to him ahead of time, hey, this is just a topic that never ends well when it comes up. So we, we love each other. I want you to come over for this family party, but let's just not talk about this at this party. It's not a... It's not the prudent time to bring up your thoughts on euthanasia <laughs> or whatever the topic is. And then if, if they're willing to accept that, great. If not, you've at least like lovingly reached out with kind of a ground rules. Sure. And it's up to them to accept them or not. Right. right. And then at least at least in that situation, you're building the bridge. Mm. They're the one putting up the wall. So the the goal then it seems is to always be the person who is who is open to reconciliation, is open to communication. Uh, and where do you draw the line about drawing the line? He, he breaks, breaks the rules. What, what do you do then with Uncle I mean, I think that we follow the principle of subsidiarity that our Lord lays out in the Gospels, where when your brother sins against you, you go to him in private. So I think that's where you can pull pull him to the other room and say, mm-hmm. remind him in private, hey, we talked about this. This isn't the right time to have that conversation. Please don't bring it up again. If it happens again, then we do what Jesus says. If he continues to sin, then bring two or three others. And maybe then it's a time of, if it's your sibling or your great aunt or whoever, your neighbor, now let's get a couple more of the neighbors together. Let's get a couple more of the family members. You know, if it's your kid's uncle, then it's probably your sibling. Like, get all the siblings together and be like, look, you're causing problems. It's time to stop causing problems. And then they continue to do it. Then you go to the next level of maybe bringing in the patriarch or matriarch of the family and put them in their place. And, and then, it, then it just keeps escalating then you've, you've done all you can. At the end of the day, our Lord calls us to be forgiving, but not stupid, right? So if, it, if the person builds enough walls to the point that now they have disinvited themselves from something, you've tried time and again to offer those olive branches. Um, and I think even if they get to a point where they've, just, they've been so obnoxious and, and not holding up your own dignity that... You've asked for certain parameters to be obeyed in a relationship, and they don't follow those parameters or those rules. I mean, then they're, now they're taking away your human dignity that, well, you're not worthy for me to listen to these ground rules that you've laid out. So there are, you know, there, there are consequences. Uh, what's, what's your dad phrase? Uh, choices have consequences. Choices have consequences, yes. you know? But. That whole, like, following the principle of subsidiarity, of having those conversations and being prudent and always reaching out, like, that's that's what our Lord calls us to do. 
And unfortunately, what I see today is all of that gets skipped. Mm -hmm. And because, you know, that particular person in my life is pro-euthanasia or as a flat earther or whatever, voted for a particular politician or is a member of a certain political party or whatever, now they're just, they're uninvited and they're canceled. Right. I think, I think, I think that's, that's a beautiful, beautiful model and of course it is because it's Jesus' model. Jesus gave it to us. Um, but that idea of if you prudentially lay out some guidelines of just, hey, you know, there are a thousand topics this one, let's just not bring up. I'm not going to bring it up. I ask you not to bring it up. Please come. I would love to have you here. Um, and then if the person, the other person violates that agreement, that idea of just gently, like not causing a scene there, just, hey, can I, can I talk to you over here you know, for a second? And just giving them an opportunity to self-correct, right? And be like, hey, remember we did, we did talk about this. Like it's, let's just leave that aside. We know how you feel. You know how we feel. Mm -hmm. It's okay. I still love you. Mm -hmm. um, you're still worthy of love. Yeah. Um, so I think I think that's a really beautiful, but tough. I mean, that's a tough thing in the moment because the first thing you're going to feel offended that this person violated your agreement in your own home after you recorded. You know, you're going to feel attacked because you are being attacked intellectually on some sort of moral stand, moral issue, or, or intellectual issue. And both of those things, we're wired by God to have our defense mechanisms kick in. So that's, I think, this, this Christian challenge of, of mercy, of love, is so, can be so hard. So it's fighting against our, our selfish nature, right? And I think that's another challenge of our current society and culture is that too many people have this victim mentality and they're all looking for an opportunity to play a victim. Mm -hmm. And so yeah, even like the words you just used of I'm offended and attacked, like I feel like now we are, we're, especially we're training young people to as soon as they experience that mm -hmm. feeling of being offended or attacked. Or even disagree. They, right. Like even just disagree. Now I, I'm like raising that feeling like I'm just going to overreact to was something that is just it's just stupid at the end of the day i mean yeah you invite someone over to your house they're prone to argue they like they're they're a, a contrarian i'm i'm that guy in my family i'll disagree with you just because i like the argument my, <laughs> my family thought since i was a kid that i'd be a lawyer um i just love to argue so i but if i was told like okay you can come over but just don't argue. And then, you know, I, I'm just, it's my nature. I like to argue and I start a little argument. And it's like, is that a reason to, them to throw me out of the house? No, like hopefully they would follow the principle of subsidiarity. And I, 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 um, I don't know, we're gonna go there. We're not gonna go there. <laughs> so, um, it's fascinating. I wonder why that is. I wonder if, going back to, the fact that so many people, the, 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 the victimhood of Olympics, right? I'm wondering. The victimhood of Olympics, I like that. Yeah, it's kind of what it's like, yeah. right? Like, I win the gold medal, I'm the best victim. Yeah. Um, no, you're not, it's me. Yeah. Um, thinking through it, is it because we live in a world so devoid of actual threats? Mm. You know, like, we have such safety and security 
in our world right now that we have lost perspective. And so we allow these things that aren't actually threats. There, there might be intellectual debates, disagreements, moral debates, disagreements, but they're not ontological threats. We don't face ontological threats anymore, really, or at least very rarely. And so these kind of grow in their importance and become disproportionately... That's a very interesting... I don't know. Uh, I don't know. That's, that's very astute of you. Well, I mean... Uh, I, that's a good question. And, uh, but I think the big point is here is that, like you said at the beginning, you always want to keep channels of communication open. Keep relationships alive, especially with people who are at risk of, of eternal damnation. Like, let's call a spade a spade. Mm -hmm. If you love someone, you don't want that person to end up in hell. And people end up in hell. Mm -hmm. And they choose it. Do we play some sort of role in that fall mm -hmm. of this person? We're going to have to answer for these things before our God. So, these are big. These are big questions. I think having a battle plan, having a game plan in, in place is, is really huge, though. I can, I can speak a bit to this without getting into too many specifics. So I do have a, a friend that I've had for many years, um, and they live a lifestyle that I find problematic. Um, but I have never allowed that to become a reason to stop engaging in friendship with them. Um, and... For all I know, they listen to this podcast. <laughs> uh, so still keeping this vague. Um, <laughs> but whenever faith question, they 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 could they're Catholic enough and and are, are have keep one foot in the church and one foot questioning things, which is which is you know they're but they're they're coming closer and closer to the truth. Um, and when and because I've tried as I try in all aspects of my life to to live as Jesus wants me to live um, I've kept those those communications and those bridges open so that when they have questions or they're they, they know that I'm still a friend they can call on mm -hmm. and they live way on the other side of the country now and um, I, I haven't seen them in person in a long time um, but I've tried keeping those communications open and letting them know I still love them and care for them. And, and when we chat, it's like we're still in high school where we met for the first time. And um, I, I by no means hide the truth from them. And they know exactly how I feel about the lifestyle they live. Um, but they know it doesn't change how much I care for them. And I think that really is the crux of, of what our Lord is asking us to do, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's... It's a lot easier to speak truth and love when the person you're speaking to knows you love them. Because mm -hmm. uh, if they just think I'm I'm purely judging them and treating them differently because of X, Y, or Z, they're not going to hear the truth at all. Right. They're just going to hear you with your tin hat on spewing out your nonsense to them. You know what I mean? And right. That's that's important. And, and a lot of people, my own other friends of ours are confused as to why I still engage with this person um, given they because they, they see us living in two completely different worlds right and it boggles their minds that we're able to coexist as friends mm. 
when they see, like, if we were on the internet, we would be hating each other. <laughs> right, the anonymity. Um, but we don't live in the internet, we live in real life, you know? And I think that's, and it's, for me, that's a struggle that they see it as so much, as a difficult thing. Like, mm-hmm. as, if, as if this person and I are doing something extraordinary when it's really just loving each other. Right. But that and then is, it's the same thing for them coming toward me, right? They very much disagree with how I live my life, and they don't understand the things that I do and the choices that I make, and it's just as odd to them as their choices are to me. It's an extraordinary act of humility to be able to keep chains of communication open with someone that you know, probably, or you strongly suspect, will cause you some sort of pain in your conversations sometimes and in the frankly the way that you see this other person live life in in a well again quite frankly in a in a morally improper way right, right. like this is this is the the moral code that we were created to live out is not hidden from us god gives it to us and to know that other people freely choose to ignore it and to violate it in flagrant ways is hard. It's hard for people of faith to see that. It's, I mean, it should be hard, I think. Because if we love people, we know what they're doing to their own soul. We know what they're doing to their own destiny. They're, it's handed to us all, and we, the people throw it away. And that's sad. It's important. Yeah. It's important work. What's our time? Time to go. We're done? Okay. Well, this was I this this turn this conversation turned out better than I was even anticipating. Wow! All right. So, go out and just love, dear listener. This is Ed Talks, where we hope we inspired you to be a saint who will go out and inspire others to be saints to build the kingdom of God.